we're still in the series. Uh, we're actually wrapping it up tonight. And I said, finally. It's been so long, right? Now, um, well, the reason it's been long is because we, we talked about work and rest within the same kind of talk. Because I really believe that work and rest are a balance that you have to strike. You can't have one without the other. And so that's why we decided to put these things uh, together. And so we're going to end tonight with talking about how to find rest in the wilderness. So if you're taking notes and you need a title, rest in the wilderness is the title for you. Um, but uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 16 and we're going to bounce around a little bit. Uh, but before we do that. Uh, have you guys ever, have you guys ever been told something, uh, <laughs> not finished yet, you guys ever been told something and it's completely unbelievable? Like, like you're told to do something and you're like, why would I do that? That makes no sense to me. Do not tell me to do that. Like, like, you know, like for, for example, have you guys ever had to like, um, you know, that whole thing of like, you know, put out your hands and you're like, I don't trust this. <laughs> do not make me do this, right? Yeah, like it, it, there are times where, where people will ask us things that are unbelievable. But has this ever happened to you? When you actually step out and you trust that person, even despite it not making sense at all? Has it ever worked out for you in the end? No? no. Okay, well, pick better friends. I don't know. Uh, <coughs> no. If... I know, I know for me, story time, as always, right? <laughs> so um, I actually, we were watching uh, home videos uh, when I was home uh, in Kentucky, and we found the home video uh, of a Christmas that I was probably five or six. And my mom had all of these presents around the, the tree, my mom and dad did, and had all of these presents around the tree. And um, she said, hey, I want you to open this one specifically. And you know, if you ever have to open up a present specifically, there's a reason for it, right? Yeah, yeah parents know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've given a friend a gift and you're like, I want you to open this one up specifically right now. But yeah, it happens. So, uh, so my mom hands me this little square package and she says, hey, I want you to open this one up. And I'm like, awesome, first present. And I open it up. And I haven't opened up anything else. I open it up, and it's a PlayStation 1 video game. So cool. Okay, you know what? I didn't think that I would say that and feel old, but I just realized from the look at your face, I, I'm old. So uh, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. So, so check this out. So, so, she gives me, so she gives me this PlayStation 1 game, and I'm six years old staring at it. It was a Spider-Man game. Go figure, right? If you know me, whatever. But uh, she hands it to me, and I'm like, oh, gee, thanks, Mom. This was supposed to be a computer game because I have a computer. You know what I don't have? A PlayStation. You weirdo. Why would you give me a PlayStation video? Like, I am like, what? This is a PlayStation. I don't have a PlayStation, Mom. She said, I want you to open up the next gift, and it was bigger. And I opened it up, and sure enough, it was a PlayStation. You see, it was so funny because in that moment when I just had, when I just had the game, I looked at her and I was like, what are you doing? This makes no sense. But then she said, hey, I want you to actually open up this. She gave me some instructions. And because I followed it in the way that she told me to, things ended up working out. 
It was really cool. I don't know if you guys have ever had something like that happen where somebody tells you something and there's a specific reason as to why they're telling you to do it. We're going to read in Exodus chapter 16 about a story like that. Um, basically, basically what's happened uh, is there's a group called the Israelites. They are God's chosen people, right? They are the chosen people uh, that, that God has said, hey, man, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to fight for you. And the nations will know me because of you. You know, so he's basically treating, uh, you know, treating them, just watching out for them. In Exodus chapter 14, just to catch you guys up on where we're at, the Israelites were saved from the Egyptians because God allowed them to cross the Red Sea. It's a really awesome, crazy, cool story. There's a really awesome story about how God was able to, to win a victory for the Israelites literally for them. And then that wasn't it. God wasn't done, right? Because in Exodus chapter 15, they come to a body of water that, they, that they're, they're like, man, we're so thirsty. But they come and it's, a, it's actually like dirty, bitter water. And Moses throws this, this, this chunk of wood into the water and it begins to, to sweeten and they're able to drink it. So God begins to, to start providing for them. But now in Exodus 16, there's this challenge. They're hungry. Everybody say, I'm hungry. Who's hungry right now? Eat dinner before you come here. Oh, no, I'm kidding. You're like, I did. I get it. You guys are teenagers. You eat everything. So let's read in Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 through 5. I'm going to jump around in Exodus 16, really to basically what moves the story forward. But this is what it says. It says, in the desert, the whole community, they what? Grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and we ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert to, to starve this entire assembly to death. And then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them. Everybody say test them. I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Would you guys uh, just focus in um, and pray with me before we get started, just diving, diving into this. Would you guys just focus in with me? Dear Lord, I, I thank you for each and every student that's here. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to focus our hearts, that we would uh, be able to just uh, listen in on what it is that you have to say for us. I pray that um, distractions would just uh, begin to cease. Um, Lord, that, that if there are conversations or different things that are on our minds, that, Lord, we would just um, be able to, to wait until the, the end of, of our time together where we're wanting to just focus in on you because I believe um, that you are wanting to speak a word to each and every one of us here. I, I, and I pray that you would just use me um, to speak everything it is that you're wanting to speak tonight. Lord, we, just, uh, we give you all of the authority to do whatever you want. Uh, with the rest of our time together, Lord, I pray that you would focus our hearts as we learn about you and, and, and see you and how we rest. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen. So, 
kind of, kind of a gauntlet moment right here. You see, God and the Israelites were constantly in this battle, right? The Israelites constantly wanted God to give them stuff. And God was like, hey, I want you to actually obey me because I am worthy of it. I don't just want to be your genie doing every single thing for you. So there's constantly this struggle between, uh, between the, the two of them. They're just constantly going at it. And, and the Israelites will, will learn from it, and they'll kind of move on, and then they end up messing up again. And so there's constantly this battle. And so God actually gives this test of, of how, they're gonna, how he's going to provide uh, food for them. And so the first thing that we can gather from, from this, this cluster of, of verses is that our rest will actually be tested. There are times, there are times and there are seasons where rest gets tested and not just by the enemy. That happens on its own, right? You guys feel tired all the time? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times that's somebody and that's a, that's, that's a, that's a, a, a spiritual thing where, where he's trying, where the enemy is trying to say, hey man, I'm trying to weaken you and, and take you down and make you feel like you're worthless. But a lot of times, and, so, and, and, and there are times where God appropriately tests us and says, hey, would you trust me to work when it's time to work and rest when it's time to rest? And so sometimes there are seasons where God will actually begin to test uh, us and, and, and see if we will rest. And see, this one in particular for the Israelites was really, really difficult because there were a lot of farmers in that community. There were a lot of farmers in, in the, 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 the group that was there. You see, and they knew that if you only harvest food for a day at a time, eventually you're going to have a, a crop or an animal that doesn't produce for that day, right? No crop is going to give you food every day. And no animal is going to give you food every day. So if they're, a, if they're a, a, a farmer, they're like, wait a minute, this makes no sense. And so this test was, was really challenging to everything that they knew. You see, what they were asked to do was actually restrain themselves from gathering as much as they could, but only to take enough for what was needed for each of the households. And God was testing them so that they would begin to trust in him every single day. Every single day. And it also forced them to begin to think about providing and how God was providing in a radically different way. Because what they saw as God providing was, hey, you're going you're gonna to provide enough for six months. You're going to provide enough for a year. And what he was saying is, I want you every single day to go out and do this, except for the last day. I want you to do two times as much. I mean, resting is really difficult, isn't it? Isn't resting, like, really difficult to, to take time and actually rest? And why is that? It's because we have a sense of urgency that we have to do as much as we can and we have to get as much done as we can. You see, we've been conditioned in our culture to always be on the move, always be busy. We always have to be doing something. And if we're not doing something, then we're doing something wrong. You see, we have a need to ur and an urge to go and just do everything we can to even stay busy. I don't know about you, I hate busy work. Who hates busy work from their teachers? Busy work is annoying because I'm like, what's the point? It's literally busy work. It's just to keep us doing something. And that annoys me because I'm like, I have to have a purpose. I have to have an end game. I have to know something. Like, 
Don't just give me something to do. But a lot of times we live our life like that. If we have free time, we're like, man, I did something wrong. We're starting to check our, our watch. We're starting to check our calendar. Like, did I miss something here? Did I, did I have a homework assignment? Most of the time you do, okay? So go and do your homework. Who has homework right now? Come on. Be honest. <laughs> exactly. I know. Some of you guys have it good. But see, the Lord actually may ask us, the Lord may actually ask us to rest as a way to test how we trust him. He'll actually say, hey, would you, would you take a break from this thing? Would you actually take a step back? Would you just trust me for a little bit? And it's up to us to actually step out and do something by doing nothing. Sometimes that's how we're, we're actually trusting God is we step out and do something by doing nothing. And that's okay for a season. I'm not saying go out and just be lazy, but like, but like we're supposed to, to take time to, to rest. You see, he might even ask us to do absolutely nothing for a season and just be with him. Now, that's a very radical example. It's not everybody is going to have that. But there have been times I've seen it where God has actually called people. I shared about it. If you were in small groups, I shared about a youth pastor I knew who God had called him out of the youth ministry that he was a pastor at and said, hey, your time here is done. The only issue with that is that he didn't tell him where to go. He just said, hey, you're done here. I'm, 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 I'm done with you here. I need you to, to, to move out. And he did. Guys, he went six months without even knowing what he was supposed to do. And finally, after six months of taking a break and resting and just trusting in God, God finally said, hey, I want you to move here. I want you to do this thing. Sometimes we have to actually do nothing, and that's actually how we trust the Lord. And it goes against every single thing that we think we should be doing. And that's the point of why God tests us. Not everything, and, and I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that the enemy doesn't, doesn't attack us. I'm not saying that he doesn't try to wear you down and, and make you tired. But there are some times where it's not a spiritual attack. It's actually a, 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 a means for spiritual growth. Not everything is a spiritual attack, but sometimes it's meant for spiritual growth. Um, I know for me, like, I have tea right now because my allergies are totally just kicking me in the rear. I know. Shout out to Macy. Um, but anytime I, I feel sick or allergies or, you know, anytime I do that, I have this weird thing where, like, like even yesterday, I was talking to Macy, and she's, like, you know, cleaning the, the house and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, just, I'm just so gross. She's like, what are you apologizing for? I'm like, I've done nothing, like, all day. And she's like, yeah, because you don't feel good. I'm like, I know, but, like, I did nothing. And she's like, why are you apologizing? And I, I don't know why, but when I get sick and I do nothing and I rest, I actually feel guilty for it. Because I feel like I should be doing something. I can at least do this one thing. I can at least get this done. I can at least have this. And then I, like, walk away. I'm like, oh, man, I was so productive doing that one measly thing at 1030. And then I went back to bed for six hours. But, but see, but see, that's not how we're supposed to live, right? That's, that's, that's not 
a bad thing all the time. Something that we went through as a staff, I know I've talked about it before, is uh, uh, this book called Emotionally Healthy Leaders. Uh, man, it's a, it's a great read. It's, it's, it's a little adulty um, as far as like some of the content and stuff, but man, it's, it's solid. And one of the things that we got out as a staff is that, and in, in, in any way with, with work in general, like not every phone call is important. It might be important to somebody else, but, but not every phone call is, is absolutely dire. Not every phone call is a life or death situation. Now, there definitely are, okay? And I'm not saying like, ha-ha, I'm never going to pick up your phone, or I'm never going to pick up my phone for you. Like, I'm not definitely not going to pick up your phone. Uh, but like, it really challenged me because basically what it asked as, as we began to discuss is, do we really trust God enough to still work even when we're not the ones he's using? Like, do we, do we really believe that God is still big enough to actually take care of the issues? Like, for example, if one of you guys are really struggling and I miss your phone call, do I really trust that God will still take care of you even if I'm not the one who you're talking with? And that was really difficult. But sometimes there are times where we're supposed to rest and that rest will be tested against everything it is to make me want to go, I have to do this, I have to get this done, I have to do this. Sometimes we're not supposed to do that. I want to go down to uh, verses 15 through 20. God has actually provided the manna, and this is them actually seeing it. It says, when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they didn't know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much and some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. And then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. Say, don't keep it. Come on, you guys can do better than that. Don't keep it. Come on. However, some of them, come on, how many people know us, son of, uh, some of them somewhere, right? However, some of them paid no attention to Moses, and they kept part of it until morning. Everybody said, ooh, check this out. But it was full of maggots, and it began to smell. And so Moses became angry with them. Check this out. Our rest will be tested but our rest also will be required at some points. Rest actually is going to be required. The work-rest balance is so delicate and so important that work will be required at some points and rest will be required at other points. You see, the people that tried to save the manna probably went without because they didn't trust God providing for them every single day. And they said, no, 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 I really, like, I know you said it would be every day, but, like, I'm just going to take a little extra because, like, maybe, maybe it doesn't show tomorrow. You guys ever had that with, like, weather forecasts? And they're like, it's supposed to snow tomorrow. And you're like, yes! And then you're, like, looking for it, and it's like, it didn't come? Whatever, dude. You're wrong. And so these people probably went and they did that. And they were like, well, like, maybe it will. He says he's going to provide it, but it probably won't happen. And so they took more. But what they found 
is that as they tested the rule and tested how God wanted uh, this, this thing to play out, as they tested it, they found that, that, the, that the promise of the provision of food became inedible. They weren't able to actually use it. That meant that there were no shortcuts. They couldn't do this thing and take any shortcuts. You see, rest and work were both requirements in order to receive the miracle that God wanted to provide for his people. Rest was, was a requirement. The ask that God didn't, uh, that, that God uh, had, you know, he, he, it didn't make sense to the Israelites. This request to go out every single day. Every single day I want you to go out and pick stuff. That didn't make sense. So they were like, you know what, I probably know better. I'm going to do the sensible thing and I'm just going to take a little bit more. But what they did is as they didn't listen, they began to pay the price because they didn't have more. And they probably picked more knowing that they wouldn't have to, to go out the next day. They're like, man, I can work twice as hard and then I don't have to work tomorrow. So they probably didn't go out the next day at all because they thought they had food. And then they ended up having nothing. You see, if we actually don't slow ourselves down enough to take time to be with the Lord and to listen to his voice, to hear his commands, to hear what he's saying to us, then what we're going to actually do is start operate without his anointing. We're going to start operating without his blessing. We're going to start operating without his provision. We're going to start moving and thinking, oh, I'm doing the, the sensible things. I'm doing the things that maybe God wants me to do. But if you're not tuned in and listening to his voice and you're not hearing his commands, you're not hearing what he's saying for your life, what's going to happen is you're going to get away from that place. And anytime you've ever been away from God, anybody who's been there, I'm, I'm in that camp. If you've ever found yourself far from God, you know that it's, a, it's such a lonely place that it's going to bring you back to him anyway. And some people it doesn't. But if you really genuinely want that relationship with him, it will bring you back. So I don't know about you, but I think that it's better to rely on him as a place of rest and refuge. I think that it's better to rely out of him out of obedience than out of necessity. I think that it's better to, to begin to rely on him out of obedience and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this because you said it. And not because I'm so broken and so messed up and so in a place where I'm worn down and beaten down and tired that I'm just going to come back to you because you're kind of my last, my last hope. Now, we obviously know Jesus isn't that. God isn't that. But sometimes that's how we see it, man. This is just my last ditch effort. So this is what I'm going to do. I think it's better to, to do so out of obedience than to do, out of, do it out of necessity later. I think that sometimes we think that we can pack a full schedule, that we can get every single sport and club and activity, and we can do all of this stuff, and then we can just squeeze God in those free spaces, and that we can just squeeze him in the margins. Oh, I've got 10 minutes here. I've got five minutes here. I've got two minutes on the toilet here. I'm just saying. You're just like, I, I can do this. But what happens when we do that is we begin to find ourselves with a rotted out manna that was supposed to be the provision and the blessing of God. Manna was supposed to be the blessing. It was supposed to be the daily bread that they were given every single day. But what it turned out to be because of their lack of obedience was just rotted out nothingness that they couldn't use. And it was probably really disgusting and it stank up the whole tent. And they blamed it on the teenage boy. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, have you guys ever been, have you guys ever been asked to do something by your parents or guardians, grandparents? Yeah. Ever been asked to do something? Have you ever been asked nicely to do something? Okay, listen. I'm going to let you in on a hint, and you probably already know this, so you guys probably are going to relate. Um, your parents, when they ask you something nicely, uh, you're going to do it anyway. This is kind of what's going to happen. You can either listen to them, or you can, like, you know, maybe take a whooping or something and move on later down the line. But you're going to do it anyway, right? I remember... Um, I remember being asked to do, like, I didn't have chores. I know. I was so, like, privileged. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't have chores. Um, but I did have to clean my room a lot. And I remember when my mom would ask me, like, hey, can you go clean your room? It wasn't like, a, hey, would you, would you do this? It's like, no, I don't want to clean my room. Oh, okay, cool, awesome. No, it was like, you're going to clean your room. It's just do it nicely or I'm going to have to drag you by your ear. Because that happened a lot. <laughs> I was a punk. Um, and it's kind of the same way with our rest. It's kind of the same way with, with how God wants to, to provide for us. Like I said, you can go out of obedience and, and, and trust God and say, man, I'm going to do this the easy way and just trust you from the beginning and just move and operate and do everything it is that you want me to do. Or you can be in a place where he's literally your only option. And it's the last thing that you have and you're like, man, I, I need you because I have nothing else. I don't know about you, but I, I definitely want that first option of working and trusting out of obedience than out of necessity. I want to go ahead and read, uh, and this is the last little scripture. I know we, we're reading a lot, um, but this isn't even the whole chapter. So go back home, read the rest of the chapter, and uh, recite it to me for 1,500 points. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm joking. I know, right? I'm joking. This is what it says. It says that Moses, that's he, Moses said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of Sabbath rest. Everybody say Sabbath rest. Sabbath. It's a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it till morning. Everybody say keep it. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Eat it today, Moses said, because today is the Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people, here we go with some of the people again, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. Rest is tested. Rest is required, and rest will be honored. We find from this story in this account in Exodus that rest will actually be honored. 
You see, the Sabbath, it wasn't just a day of resting, of, of getting away from work. But what the Sabbath was supposed to do in the Old Testament culture was it was actually a, a time that, we, that, that the people would, would reflect on God and his goodness and actually be with him and take time to, to be with him. That's why like Sunday in our modern day culture is kind of what we do because we come to church and we reflect. And typically like who, who loves a good Sunday nap? Come on, let's be real. Yeah, come on, absolutely. Hit up second service, come through, take a nap after, it's all good, you know. Um, but that's what, that's what the Sabbath was to the Israelites. And so the people who disobeyed, they found themselves in the same company as Pharaoh, this guy named Pharaoh who actually owned the Israelites, right? You know Moses, let my people go, right? He's talking to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh refused to humble himself. That's why they had all the plagues and all the crazy stuff. Like, if you want to, let me just sidetrack. If, if you think that the Bible is, like, boring, uh, go read Exodus because it's wild. Like, the Bible is crazy. And, and Moses is one of the most stubborn people ever. Or not Moses. Moses is pretty stubborn, I think, too. But, but Pharaoh was really, really stubborn because Pharaoh gave the Israelites no rest. He gave them zero rest. He worked them until they were, till they, till they were at the point of, man, I want to die. And he didn't really feed them that well. Even though the Israelites were like, oh, man, we had all this stuff. Like, he didn't really treat them well at all. And so what he found was that, that, that Pharaoh and the, and the Israelites here in, in Exodus 16, they basically just didn't humble themselves. See, the Lord provided not only the food they needed, but he provided the rest as well. The Lord was so much better than what Pharaoh had, who was withholding everything. God was actually holding everything with an open arm and saying, if you would just obey me and trust me, man, you can have this thing. And rest will be honored to those who actually obey. You see, rest doesn't come from the Ten Commandments. Rest was given as a, as a work, a rest balance in Genesis, in, in, with Adam and with, with Eve. You see, the time and the energy that we, um, that we spent and that was previously, uh, previously spent on, on gathering manna, all of that time that they spent gathering everything, those other six days, it could now be spent on focusing in on God, being with him and resting and actually in some cases doing nothing. You see, our rest is, is honored. There's an honor when we obey him. It was simple in this story of Exodus. Those who obeyed God's command at the end on the Sabbath day were honored with rest. They were honored with rest and they were honored with fullness. They had full bellies. They had food. They, they were provided for. They were taken care of. And those people who didn't honor and, and, and obey God, they went without and how many people know if you're ever hungry, you're probably not going to get a ton of rest because you're just thinking, I'm so hungry. Right? So the people who honored God had all of this, this amazing rest and they had full stomachs. And people who didn't just went hungry. And so if the worship team would go ahead and start making preparations to get back up here. I think we have to be. We have to be very careful. We have to be very careful in listening 
to God's instructions so that we actually don't miss out on his blessings. We have to listen to God's instructions so that we don't miss out on his blessings. Because in the moment, in the context, it made no sense for manna to come from heaven and just come down and they only pick up what they needed. And then the next day they were like, okay, come down. And then it would. And then the next day, come down. You know, like, that takes obedience. That takes faith. That takes trust. And even if it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't make sense at all, God is always going to be faithful to grant rest to people who are weary, to grant food for those who are, are, are hungry. And I'm not talking, he, he, he provides for physical needs. I'm, I'm, I, I understand that. But even more so than that, he provides for the spiritual. I mean, if you find yourself hung, hungry, you're looking for answers. You're looking for, for ends to these questions and these things that are going on in your heart and your soul. I think now more than ever, people are questioning, man, why is this happening? What is going on here more than ever? And I think it's prompting people to actually listen and respond to God. But if we would trust that God would provide, we would actually believe, yes, he will provide for me every single day. Then what that in turn does is it might require a little bit of work every now and then, but ultimately, above all, it's gonna provide a sense of rest and a sense of security that we, we don't have to worry about things. We don't have to have anxiety. We don't have to have all of the, this, this fear of, man, I don't know what's happening or I don't know what's coming next. We can start to have our, our rest in him. Because rest was an intrinsic part of God's instructions to the Israelites. It was instrumental in obeying his command. Literally, six days you gather, and on the seventh, don't. Gather as much as you can or as much as you need for two days on the sixth day. That was the command. That was the instruction. So that doesn't mean that we ever take rest for granted. I, I, I think it would be really unfortunate if I told you, hey, just be lazy and everything gets taken care of. Yeah, right? That just sounds awesome. But that's not how it is. So, so don't be lazy and don't take rest for granted. Because I think ultimately, and this is what I want to leave on, because I think it's such a fitting story to end this, this, this time as we dove into work and rest. This story proves that there is a time to gather and there's a time to rest. There's a time where God is saying, hey, I need you to go out and I need you to go get what I am blessing you with. But then there's a time that I need you to actually come in and I need you to store and I need you to rest and I need you to focus in on me. If we can do that, I think that more and more often what we'll see is that God actually really honestly 100% takes care of his people when they put their faith and hope in him. When they put their trust in him. When they say, you know what, I'm holding this thing so loosely because I know that you're in control. There's a freedom in that. When you're able to actually give all of that up and say, you know what, you can take it, you can take it, you can take control. You can have all of this because you're probably going to be better with it than I am anyway.
So tonight with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to take a time to respond. Tonight, if you would say, I, um, I'm in that camp that, that some of us camp, that some of them camp where, where I, I, I trust God, I, I hear what he's saying, but like there's just something in me that says, you know what, I, I, I need my own backup plan here. And what you find yourself doing is just, what you find yourself doing is you're just running rampant and you're not able to actually get any rest. If you're really simply, if you are tired, if you're broken down, if you're weary, and you're just in need of rest, would you just please raise your hand as an acknowledgement and say, man, I just need rest. I've been working, I've been doing this thing, I've been striving, things are going crazy, I just need rest. Thank you. Thank you for raising your hands. I want to just tell you before we pray that that there is a rest when you put your faith and your hope in Jesus. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And he actually genuinely wants to be the provider in your life and wants to, to be the, the source of your strength in, in every single thing that you do. And so tonight, Lord, I, I lift up each and every student that has made this acknowledgement that I need rest. I, I need to just be able to rest and trust in you again, that I need to be able to, to let go of my own senses of like coming up with my own backup plans. Lord, I, I pray that you would just begin to show up in the lives of each of these students each of these families, Lord, and that they would be able to, they would be able to just begin to, to put their trust in you. Because when we, when we do that, there's, there's so much weight that's lifted. And there's so much that, that we don't have to then worry about, that we can find rest. I believe that there are, are students here that you, you haven't given up things, you haven't, let go of things and, and it's causing you this weariness. So Lord, I just ask that right now we would, we would begin to let go of those things and, and cast them on you because we know that you're faithful to take care of them and you're faithful to provide for us that we don't have to worry like the rest of the world worries. Lord, in that in the end, there's a time to gather and there's a time to rest. And some of us are in that place where we've worked and we've worked and we've worked. And now it's the seventh day and it's the Sabbath and it's time to just look at you. So Lord, I pray that we would just enter into this time as a response. And Lord, for, for some of us, I pray that you would just begin to open up heaven in ways that you have never done before. I pray that you would just begin to unlock doors and, and, and things that have been just blocked because of the way that we either see ourselves or we see our situation. Lord, I speak freedom. 
I speak clarity. I speak rest and refuge over each and every student, parent, and leader tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.